talking to a Thai monk about Jainism. Namaste. I am Priyanka Dalal and you are listening to my travel podcast Maproot. I will be talking about my adventures across India and the world. Mostly these are solo, but once in a while it may include other people, friends, family and so on. So keep listening. So for a change I am here in Ahmedabad and the place I stay here is amazingly quiet which is so great especially to record these podcasts. I find it very difficult when I'm in Mumbai because a quiet space is so difficult especially because I don't have an office with like soundproof cubicles or anything so I work from home or from a cafe and neither of these places are quiet. So recording podcasts becomes difficult there is one corner in my house specifically which is comparatively quiet but everywhere else there are like car honking sounds and so many more things especially now with the metro construction anyway uh, so uh, uh, that conversation I had with an Australian Thai monk it was really interesting because he could speak English most of the other Thai uh, monks I came across on my journey could speak very very little English so it was difficult to speak with them. Um, one of the first things I spoke with this monk was about Jainism because I uh, have, have been very curious to figure if there were Jain roots in Thailand because uh, I did a lot of online searching and I did get one or two random blogs talking about something Jain, something Jain stuff there. But uh, uh, I, I couldn't, like, I couldn't fig- figure out a source of it. There were some tourists who had written some things about uh, Jainism having roots there but I couldn't find a source, like an actual authentic source. So anyway, I asked this uh, monk about Jainism and the interesting thing was he had been to India and he did know a little bit about Jainism. So uh, the first thing was that Mahavira is called uh, Nagaputa in Thai. This is important because uh, you know um, for example, Ganesha is called Fra Pikanet in Thai. Ganesha word is very common, but for other deities and all, the Indian words are not so common. So they actually know the Thai names. So if you want to discuss these things with someone, it's good to tell them that, uh, for example, do you know anything about Nagaputa? Then they will be able to tell many things. But if you say Mahavira, they may not know anything. Now, Mahavira was called Nagaputa. And it's interesting, Nagaputa itself has a Sanskrit root to it. Naga means naked and Puta could be from sun or some other root word. And uh, I confirmed with them that they do mean an, uh, a naked ascetic from, with the word Nagaputa. So it has very deep Sanskrit roots. There are a lot of uh, Buddhist stories of, uh, you know, how uh, some of Buddha's interactions with his monks and uh, how certain king stories during the Buddha's time. The thing is, these stories are identical to uh, some stories that ha- are there in Jainism also. For example, with Mahavira, there is a particular monk who is his relative, but he always competes with Mahavira. Same thing ha- uh, happens with Buddha also. And then there are uh, significantly identical stories that come out of both these religions. So it's very interesting to understand the overlap and this monk also knew that so uh, it was very interesting to um, exchange notes and stuff and uh, one very interesting um, insight that he gave was that see currently in Jainism what happens is that uh, first of all all of the major scriptures they are called Agamas so these Agamas are um, only read by some of the senior male monks 
women senior monks could read some of these agamas but not all of them and then they can give discourses on them so that in that sense it is a little bit like uh, the old age hinduism where only the brahmans could read the scriptures and then they would give discourses um so it's kind of similar there uh, nowadays of course with online technology and stuff all of these scriptures are available online and we can even buy those books but within the religion it is said that no nobody apart from monks of this 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 category can read these scriptures and only they have the intelligence to translate it and uh, you know give discourses on it uh, i personally don't agree with it but the point is because of all of these things you can't really say that the scriptures are open for all uh, the people who would uh, read these scriptures would be like the rebels and stuff so what uh, this monk said was very interesting for me is that he said that at one point buddhism was similar and all of these meditation things like vipassana and all that has come out of buddhism and has become so popular and it's one of the reasons why buddhism has the highest adoption rate in the current world adoption by new people like more and more new people are uh, becoming buddhists because of vipassana i would say he said that at one point buddhism was very similar to jainism as in all of these things like meditation and stuff was closed it was for the higher monks it was kept within the monk community and it was uh, like a guarded thing and uh, the religion that was given out to the people was largely ritual based typically the way it's understood is that for the most common man giving him a ritual or some belief based system is much more easier because uh, most of them will take to it meditation and uh, you know uh, some of the more deeper philosophies and thinking are generally kept for later because uh, the uh, thinking is that uh, the common man is not interested in all these things and meditation may be too difficult for him and maybe at one point it was true because uh, people were not you know thinking so much they were more these more uh, connected to the ground and connected to the earth so they could just believe something and it would work for them because uh, bhakti came very easily what we call bhakti yoga which is largely based on your emotions came very easily and in that uh, you don't need to think such a lot you're just you you just start focusing and you concentrate on the deity and that's how the bhakti th- happens so most of these religions kind of uh, cater to this system and then they put in a lot of rituals which will uh, include some kind of discipline and all those things within the life and it leads to a lot of uh, spiritual improvement so i personally uh, don't consider it a fake or something like nowadays there's a narrative which suggests that of this ritual based systems are all fake and humbug but uh, not at all i'm sure a lot of corruption has creeped in but i think there is a very smart sense to it what has happened however is that the common person also especially now with the internet and such a lot of uh, thinking uh, reading uh, you know such a thoughts going on so many questions coming to people's mind especially when they see corrupted religious practices the moment you become more and more thinking you do need some kind of intellectual support some uh, meditation based stuff and uh, you know all those kind of uh, systems need to become open because uh, they will not be able to be bhakts like you can't just be a devotee when your mind is full with so many questions then you need to go and find answers to those so um in that sense uh, at one point uh, due to certain people now i don't know who the people were that I, i can't recall those names but anyway there was a revolution within buddhism and all of a sudden everything opened up so all of these meditation practices started coming out and over time so many people uh, you know spread vipassana around so that kind of cut out a lot of the ritual practices and it put instilled meditation for people so for example uh, goenka person went and learned uh, uh, vipassana techniques and then he came to india and set up such a large uh, vipassana movement 
so so much so that for indians goenka ji and vipassana kind of go hand in hand but if you go to thailand you will find that there are tons of vipassana ashrams and uh, techniques available but uh, it it doesn't have anything to do with goenka ji because a lot of masters have gone and um, you know just uh, created infrastructure for that technique to be passed around so the point is that uh, this similar thing needs to happen in jainism as well because uh, jainism is currently in a situation where it's closed a, a lot of its uh, higher more intelligent um, and i'm hoping it happens because i'm quite sure jainism has some amazing things in it and already because i've seen jainism very uh, closely i can almost see um, some of the things which could and probably should be very meditative in nature but it's being done in a very ritualistic manner uh so uh, yeah it's a little bit sad because if it was done in a meditative manner i think it would be very cool so uh that was a very interesting insight and um, understanding that i got from this thai monk about uh, jainism thanks for listening to this podcast episode and don't forget to subscribe to my channel you can also visit my travel blog which is at www.maproot.in that is m a p r o u t e dot i n i will list these podcasts there and you will also find many detailed articles i look forward to hearing from you and have a super day